Hey Coconut, so yes, recently there's been a lot of talk about inflation and I know many of you guys are concerned about how inflation is going to affect your investments. But to shape the discussion a little bit, you need to recognise that it is really about the expectation of higher inflation that is shaking the market and not inflation in itself. The Fed, Federal Reserve, which is the US central bank, which is the biggest central bank in the world, actually has an expectation of setting inflation rates at about 2%. Okay, they say they want to go below 2%, but uh, yeah, there's been a little bit of messy thing going around with them. But generally, the idea is they want to keep inflation low and consistent. And there's a reason why. We're going to talk a little bit about all of these and how does this whole discussion around inflation going to affect your investments today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances as well. So today, we're going to spend some time to talk about how higher expected inflation rates are going to affect our investments. Okay, before I go further, I want to put it out there that today we are not going to talk about what is the causes of inflation, what are the effects of inflation on your life. Um, it's too complicated. There's just too many caveats and things to understand before you can have a very good grasp of uh, what is inflation, how does the economy works. So I'm just going to link you to a video. <laughs> so check out Dalio's video on how the economy works on YouTube. Just go and search Ray Dalio, how the economy works. Right, I think he has a pretty good video over there to share with you a certain way to look at the economy as to how money is being created, how the money moves around the economy and how does that then form the whole economy in itself, right? So of course, when there's too much money chasing after too little goods, um, inflation happens and that is what a lot of people will tell you out there. Essentially it means if there are only 10 apples, it used to be $10 uh, moving around in the market. Every apple will be maybe let's say a dollar, okay? Assuming everybody is a rational thinker in economics. Everything assume rational thinker, but it's not the reality, okay? People are not fully rational. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, yeah, people do all sorts of weird things, lah, okay? Like, umbrage, okay? But anyway, <laughs> so yes, assuming people are rational, 10 apples, $10, every apple goes for a buck, okay? That forms the whole economy. But suddenly, everybody has $10 now, but there are still 10 apples, and you want to buy up all these apples, you will bid up, right? So everybody will bid up and the cost of all these apples will go up, right? So the price that is transacted goes higher. That is an effect of inflation on the day-to-day -day consumer goods. 
So that being the very simple, basic understanding of inflation, that is kind of how most people will embrace inflation. Even an auntie downstairs will say, wow, inflation, inflation, ah, tong Okay, essentially what, what they're saying is the meat is getting more and more expensive, the vegetable is getting more and more expensive, right? So things are getting more expensive. But I want to introduce you to another way of looking at inflation, which is that your money is getting smaller, right? So... Price is going higher is one way to look at this thing. The other way to look at inflation is that your money is getting smaller. And why is this a better way to look at inflation when you're understanding investments? Because when you're buying investments, you're really trying to make money and it's not an end point of transaction. You're not trying to buy Apple share because you want to own Apple share. You know, you're trying to buy Apple share because you believe that by buying Apple's share, okay, by the way, not a recommendation, okay, just random example, um, you will continue to profit into the future to make more money into the future, right? So then in the future, you got more capital to do more things. So a better way to look at inflation when it comes to investing is really your money getting smaller over time. So based on this idea of your money getting smaller over time, what does it tell you? It tells you that money today is worth more than money into the future, which is why when people talk about investing, people always talk about beating inflation. If inflation rate is at 2 to 3%, which is not always the reality, it is just something that we're so used to and comfortable with to take it as an assumption. But I'm going to take it as an assumption. So 2 to 3% year-on-year inflation rate, people always talk about beating inflation. So if you can make 5% year-on-year, 6% year-on-year, you are making actually net, net, okay, including inflation, your portfolio is really growing at only about 4% real value. What does real value mean? A lot of terms, right? Real value really means that when you take this money, okay, to go and spend in the market, what can you buy? Because goods are getting more expensive, right? Assuming inflation, goods are getting more expensive 2% every year. Your investments make 6%, but the goods out there in the market in a year's time is 2% higher. So you're actually only having 4% of real growth in your total capital that you can use into the future. Does that make sense? I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope we're still here. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm going to kind of use a real example. Let's say you want to buy an apple, okay? The price of the apple is $1 today, and you have that $1 to buy this apple, but you choose not to. You want to invest your $1 so that in the future, maybe you can potentially buy more apples, okay? So what's the reality? Your apple today is at, costs a dollar, right? The price of the apple is a dollar. It grows at an inflation of 2%. In the next year, it will be $1.02. That will be the price of the apple, Okay, and your investments are going at 6%. So at the end of one year, your investments become $1.06. So at end of year one, assuming you invest for 6%, the apple goes out at 2%. And at the end of one year, you decide that, okay, now I feel like eating apple. Okay, suddenly I very feel. Uh, I take my investments and go and buy the apple. I have a surplus of $0.04 cents sitting around. Right, because my investments now is one dollar and six cents in total. The price of the apple is only one dollar and two cents. So I actually have extra four cents. So that is the real investment return that I've made. So if you extend that over a long period of time, over like 30 years, and you will see a much, much bigger difference of how investments can change your life and also how inflation can compound also over time. Okay, okay, enough enough of the uh, apple oranges and fruit store uncle downstairs, okay? But the idea here is that money in the future becomes less valuable than money today. 
So then what is the discussion ongoing in the media circuit? There's a lot of talk about higher inflation, right? So it's not about inflation in itself. People are extremely okay with 2 to 3% inflation. And I tell you, people will be okay with 4 to 5% inflation if that was the norm. So that is the thing about the markets and economics and all these kind of stuff. People are extremely okay once things become consistent. Of course, it will create other set of problems, but as long as things are consistent, it rarely shakes the market. It is when things are changing, okay, that prices will then change along and then the markets will start to move and you see growth stocks coming down, you see, you know, bond yields going up, etc., etc., all these kind of stuff, right, happening in the market recently, past few weeks. And this is the idea of expectations of higher inflation rates. But that is not to say high inflation rates are already here. It is really the expectation of higher inflation rates that is driving the markets in all these different directions, right? And the markets tend to be ahead of reality. They're always trying to capitalize and price in the future, right? I always hear this word, pricing in the future. Essentially means they're trying to look at all these factors and try to see how we can beat the market, right? How can we do better than the market itself? Right? There's a whole sector called financial markets, right? So that is the idea here. And if you think about it, right, essentially these guys are trying to predict the future. And if you believe that their prediction is wrong, that means you believe that inflation rate is going to stay about the same or it may even come down, you can take opposite directions from them and maybe you will profit even more than these guys because they are already pricing it into the markets. Okay, this is a discussion for a whole other day, but think about it, right? Everybody is just trying to bet into the future, okay? It is an expectation. Inflation rate has not happened or at least higher inflation rates have not happened, to be exact. But based on the expectation of higher inflation rates, or if, let's say, inflation rates really go up, how is that going to affect your investments? Number one, okay? Number one is growth stocks will be discounted much, much higher. Okay, what does this mean? Because growth stocks are all your like um, lemonade, la, your square, la, your, you know, all these companies that KT Wood is buying, right? Essentially, they are all not profiting as much, right? They're not generating cash. They are reinvesting their cash into their business and they're trying to grow, 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 right? So they're doing all these growth strategy, spending a lot of money and burning a lot of cash. They are not generating cash for you or for the business itself because every single dollar goes back into investing. Some of them are running negative earnings, okay? So what are they trying to do? This is a new way of running business, which is to grow market share. Once they have a bigger market share, then they can do all the interesting things to make money from you. It's kind of like how Facebook did it, right? In the past, everything is free. Till today, it's free. But because they've grown so big, they managed to monetize our existence on their platform on, in all these different ways of advertisements and you know, business processes at the back and all these different things, right? And you, if you want to you know, learn a little bit more about Facebook, you should sign up for our members back end, okay? We had a good discussion about Facebook. Yes, uh, not so shameless. <laughs> I mean, it's our show, ma, right? No need paise, okay? But the reality is... Okay, back to the discussion. The reality is because all these growth companies are growing, growing, growing five years, ten years into the future, they're not really making money in the next five years, seven years, ten years, depending on which stage of growth they are at. So by the time they start making money, that money is going to be much less valuable than it is today. Okay, so to give you some context, right? assuming in 10 years' time, these growth companies start making money. Okay, not everybody take 10 years, but let's say, okay, we assume these growth companies take 10 years to make their money, okay, to make their first dollar. 
The dollar today and the dollar in the future is different, right? Like we have established, money into the future becomes less valuable than money today. Okay, that is how I see inflation. That is the concept we're going to base on. So what is the money going to be like in the future relative to the money today? So if inflation is at 2% year on year for 10 years, the first dollar that they're going to make in 10 years' time is actually only worth 82 cents in today's value. That means the $1 that they're going to make for you in 10 years' time, right? If you look at it today, it's only worth 80 cents. It can only buy 80 cents worth of things or 82 cents to be exact. Okay, so that's 2% inflation. But if it's 5% inflation year on year, because that's what analysts are concerned, right? They're concerned about higher inflation rates. So let's say inflation rate is going to be at 5%. We just assume. We don't know yet. Assume it's at 5% for the next 10 years. What's going to happen is that the dollar that these growth companies are going to make for you in 10 years' time on a 5% discount year on year because inflation, it's going to be worth 60 cents today. It's very, very drastically different. Okay, so when you look at it, this is why growth stocks are being sold down because a lot of them are not making money yet. You buy them on a promise that they will make money into the future because they're building this amazing platform. They're going to change the way business works and they're going to start making a lot of money for you into the future. But if inflation rate goes higher, the money in the future is much, much lower. And because of compounding, this thing is an exponential thing also, right? So it is not a linear thing, right? It's not like minus two cents, minus three cents, no. Compound, multiplier, pop, 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 pop. so 5% is going to compound by the time it's the 10th year. So the money not as valuable, that's why growth stocks are being sold down. right? And that's the idea behind it. But of course, yes, the economy does not work in a vacuum. Businesses do not work in a vacuum. Markets do not work in a vacuum. It is not a single factor thing. It can be because, you know, the economy is opening up, the real economy is opening up, people are going out to spend, so maybe, you know, tech companies will not be able to grapple as much of the market, da-da-da, whatever, all those things, they do add up. But based on the recent discussion about a fear of higher inflation, if that is really the case, why prices are being sold down, this is the reason why. Because the dollar in the future is worth lesser, and growth stocks are not going to be making money until 5, 6, 10 years later. Right? So high inflation rate is going to be a much, much higher discount on the dollar that they're going to make. But this is the interesting part. If you believe that inflation rate is not going to go up as much, you know, or not going to go up, it's going to stay constant, then hey, this may be a good time to bet against the market, right? So if you think about it, that is the idea of betting against the market. The market believes higher inflation, they sell down growth stocks, but you believe that, oh, maybe it's not gonna, inflation is not going to go up as much, it's uh, over-concern, and I also believe that a lot of these growth stocks will continue to double down because COVID is going to be here to stay for longer, and more people are going to adopt more tech, and more people are going to like work from home more and do all these different things. The growth story behind these growth stocks may be able to you know beat the inflation it's going to be even higher then hey maybe this is a time for you maybe this is an opening for you to you know rack up on these growth stocks that's the idea of betting against the market okay so that is the part about growth stocks i know a lot of people are very concerned we're going to go into the next investment class hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Which brings me to point number two, and that is cash flow generating assets becomes more valuable today. Okay, so we'll talk about this after a word from our sponsor. Following that same train of thought, right? Money in the future becomes less valuable than money today. What does it mean? The other side means that money today is more valuable than money into the future, right? Which is why you will see value stocks, you will see cash flow generating stocks. You know, I try, to, you try not to use the word value too much like, because oh yeah, there's a little bit of assumption behind value stocks. Okay, but we just use cash flow generating stocks, okay? Stocks that are companies that are generating very good cash flow today or businesses that are generating very good cash flow today will be priced up. Right? Because they are making more money today. And then you can take the money and continue to invest. And if you think about it, the money comes to your hand first, then you keep compounding and investing. Then yes, you can have a better chance of beating inflation compared to the money coming in 10 years later. Which is why despite the whole discussion about high inflation rate, blah, 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 a lot of these big companies that are generating cash flow like Apple, Amazon, Facebook, you know, Disney, a lot of these companies, they're huge, right? Even Shengxiong here, uh, Shengxiong just went up 15% because everybody go buy toilet paper, okay? But anyway, a lot of companies that are, you know, cash flow generating and they make a lot of money um, now, now, not into the future, they will get priced up. Because the, every dollar that they make today is going to be more valuable, right? And it's a case for REITs, it's the case for dividend play, it's a case for all these different companies as long as they're making money. Or even if you buy a tuition centre downstairs, okay, that's an investment, right? So that's a business. If the tuition centre is already making money, the money, the every dollar that it makes today is going to give you an advantage to go into the future because the dollar in the future is going to be less worthy. So you may see a higher value being priced into a lot of these cash flow generating businesses and they may be bidded up, right? So I'm not sure exactly how is that going to play out, but yeah, you will see if inflation rate goes up or if inflation rate expectation continues to go up, then a lot of these cash flow generating assets will get bidded up because they become more valuable relative to these other companies. But bear in mind, okay, market is not an individual factor kind of thing. There are many factors in this. So don't get randomly buy some like big names because you think like, oh yeah, yeah, big name are doing very well. Huh? <laughs> right? So you realize a lot of big names are not doing that well. They're not really making money, right? So it's not about value. It's not about big names. It's about whether or not these companies are generating cash. So if they are generating a lot of cash, then there is a premium attached to them given an expectation of higher inflation or given an environment of higher inflation in the future. Which brings me to point number three, and that is debt instruments that are already issued becomes less valuable. Okay, caveat, huh? important, is that already issued. If you think about it, if we go into the future in an environment where inflation rates are much higher, that means inflation today is 2 to 3%, but if inflation is 5 to 6%, why would I want to lend you money at 2 to 3%? I will definitely want to lend you money much higher. But then you ask me, hey, but you know, now inflation rate is 2 to 3%, but interest rates are at 1% or 1 to 2%. Why? 
This one is a whole big story another day, but generally the idea is because the central banks and the broader financial markets are trying to stimulate lending, right? They're trying to stimulate the economy, so they set interest rates very low so people will lend and then divert this money into the real economy and keep it growing, right? So if you want to understand this a bit better, definitely go and watch the Dalio video on how economy works, okay? But the basic idea is that if inflation rate goes up, I will want to lend you at a much higher rate. And there was a time when endowment plans were paying 10 12% year on year. Why? Because inflation rates were very high at that point in time. So it makes no sense for me to lend you money much lower. But like I said, debt-based instruments are very complicated and you know they have their whole discussion on themselves. So we're not going to talk about future debt instruments that will come up, but we're going to talk about debt instruments that are already out there, already issued. Why do they become less valuable? Same idea. Because money into the future becomes less valuable and a debt-based instrument is exactly that thing where I lend you money and then you pay me in the future. And assuming that inflation rates are going to go up, which means money in the future is getting smaller than what it is today, then the instrument, which is the debt or the bonds, it's going to be less valuable. Right? It's not as value already because by the time you pay me back, the money becomes lesser. You, you get the idea? Which is why you hear this discussion about bond yields rising. Yes, I know. The bond market have their own lingo. Coupon, la, yield, la, you know, maturity, la, all, all those kind of stuff. Okay, And if you need a better idea, check out the one, the Chills with TFC episode with Chin Ting that we did. And I'm going to get her on again to talk a little bit more, a comment about this situation. Okay, But... I'm going to attempt today to try to explain to you how this works, okay? So, assuming I'm an institution and I have $100,000, I want to lend to the government, okay? And the government is giving me a bond coupon of 2% year on year, okay? So, which means that once I lend the government this 100000 every year they will give me 2% interest on this bond and then at the end, they will pay me back the capital, okay? Some arrangements may be different, but this is the general idea. So after 10 years of 2%, 2%, 2%, the total value of this bond will be worth 121000 From my 100000 to 121000 in 10 years. This is the upside, the max cap top, okay? If I hold from the start to the end, Okay? But what happens in the bond market is after the person buys, the primary dealer, okay, the first person that buys these bonds, they then take the bond and package it and sell in the secondary market or they sell in the secondary market directly. So what happens is the obligation from the bond issuer, which in this case is the government, they don't care about what happens in the secondary bond market. They will only give 2% to whoever that still holds the bond. And that's it. That's all they care for them. So we put them aside. Now we look at the secondary bond market. So this is when the higher inflation rate comes in. When higher inflation rate is expected, money in the future becomes less valuable, expected to be less valuable, the bond today becomes less valuable because you know the money that it's going to generate is kept. The maximum upside is fixed, 2%. That's the primary guy only going to give you 2%. Does not matter what happened. But because inflation is going to be higher, this thing that you own now, the bond, is going to be less valuable because it's not going to be generating more money and you're locked into this bond. So then you will start to see bond prices come down and inversely, you see bond yield go up. 
That is the whole idea. Because when bond prices come down, the total yield that you can make from this bond, if you enter now, becomes higher. Okay, very luan, I know. And I will not attempt to try to explain everything in a lot of detail, but I think the Khan Academy on YouTube has a very good video about bond yields. So go and check them out, the whole idea of bond yields. They'll give you a better idea. Okay, it's got drawing, got everything. It's much more facilitated. But this is the idea. Because the bond becomes less valuable into the future as inflation rates go up. Which brings me back to the point of you can bet against the market. So if you believe that inflation rate is not going to be higher, you can buy bonds and you may be able to make very good percentage, 5, 6, 7, 10%, just because you decide to bet against the market, right? You believe that inflation rate is not going to be higher, right? So, wow, welcome to the world of investments. It gets very exciting, okay? But this are some of these general ideas as to how expecting higher inflation rates is going to affect your investments. All centered on one idea that money into the future becomes less valuable than it is today. So I'm going to sum up today's episode. I hope you're still here with me following through. Number one is growth stocks are going to be discounted because the dollar they're going to make in the future is going to be much less valuable in an environment of higher inflation rate. So you see all these discount factors coming in, right? And you see growth stocks coming down. Number two is cash flow generating assets today are going to be becoming more valuable because every dollar that you make today becomes more valuable. You can invest that dollar and then you can potentially beat inflation rate because every dollar is coming in now, now. Number three is debt instruments that are already issued becomes less valuable. Okay, but like I said, you can always bet against the market and you may be right, right? So investing is a world of wonders and rainbows and all these interesting things. There's endless discussion. So I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut knowledge is that much more powerful interesting when shared debated and discussed join our community telegram group follow us on our social sign up for our weekly newsletter everything is in the description below and if you love us and want to help us grow definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials also sign up for our members backend for more investment related content live discussions curated content and most importantly your commitment to us is a step forward for us to continue creating great content focused on you rather than advertisers for more information check out thefinancialcoconut.com with that have a great day ahead stay tuned next week and always remember personal finance can be chill clear sustainable for all That was a long one, yes. Like I said, um, I did my best to try to give you my thoughts about the potential inflation. How is it going to affect your investments? And it's all lead back to one idea, right? And I'm not going to repeat again. I know I keep saying the same thing. Uh, but yes, take this idea and look at all the investment tools and you will be able to get a much clearer idea as to what is going on, okay? And also, I want to really take this time to shout out for our members backend. Um, you will keep hearing ads about members backend going forward. But yes, at this moment in time, we are trying to make this a sustainable venture so that we can continue to build great content for you. And instead of just wooing in advertisers and constantly back and forth discussing with them, I really want to build this platform focused on you. So if you want to help us and empower us to continue great content for you to empower you, 
then hey, join our members back and join the community, you know, so that we can continue to build great content for you and you can get to know people in the community and we can organize live discussions amongst ourselves and just focus on ourselves and not like talk about, you know, consumer agenda, blah, 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 blah. When we talk to advertisers, always got this kind of stuff. Okay, not all advertisers are bad, but they always have their own goals. And sometimes it's just very tiring to try to talk to them about you know, understanding where we come from, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but that being said, so far, our advertisers are very, very nice with us. And they're, they're very cool. Uh, of course, they're not cool, they will not use us. Okay? But the idea is support the backend, support us, and yay, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Later this week, I'm going to be spending time with Max Keeling from Provident. And by the way, Provident has been great. Okay, very liberal with us. They let us say what we want to say, everything. Huh? So that's cool stuff to them. Shout out to Provident. So yeah, later this week, I'm going to be spend time with Max Keeling, which is um, the head of Expert Advisory at Provident. He's the only one. Uh, so <laughs> he's quite funny. But yes, uh, we're going to talk about the power of early retirement or mini retirement to be exact. Right. So he believes that you will go through a lot of career changes. And I also believe that, you know, you will go through a lot of career changes. This is the new normal, right? 10 years will be a new career cycle or 15 years or maybe even shorter will be a new career cycle. And in that sense, people will go through multiple retirements, right? So if you go to multiple retirements, hey, why not make use of it, right? So how can we live our lives better as we go through this multiple retirements? And what is the benefit of mini retirements? Right, so that's what we're going to cover later this week. Next week, I'm going to be talking a little bit about investing in yourself. I actually am very against this idea of investing with yourself. So next week will be quite a fun episode. We're going to talk about this mindset of investing in self. Um, I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> you are not an investment, okay? Just to make my stance clear, you should love yourself for what you are. Right? Don't, don't keep thinking of yourself as a productivity machine that you got to invest and keep producing more, okay? But okay, that's it for today. Huh? Next week, we're going to spend time to talk about why I don't believe you should invest in yourself. Okay, meanwhile, take care, stay healthy, and see you for our lives. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.